Well, we're in a series called Juicy Fruit. This summer, as we're looking and studying the fruit of the Spirit, so vital and important to a believer's life, and we've called this Juicy Fruit because we don't want to be a bunch of dried-up Christians. Amen? We want to have our fruit juicy and impacting other people's lives. Let's look together at our key scripture for this series in Galatians chapter 5, verse number 22. The Word of God reads in verse 22 and verse 23, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. And we are zooming in on number three of the fruit of the Spirit. And today we're looking at the subject of peace. How many of you have ever thrown up the sign and told somebody, peace? Anybody in the house ever done that before? Come on now. I know. All right. All right. Now, growing up when we woke up, we used to even use it when we used to leave. And we were leaving a friend or leaving somebody. We'd say, peace out. Anybody ever done that before? You know what I'm saying? And, now, and we woke it. We took it a step further. We would go, peace out, dog. Huh? Peace out, homie. I mean, when I was really on fire, we woke up, I'd say, peace out, G-Money. You know what I mean? I was, I was something special there. You know what I'm saying? Uh, peace out. And, and you know, for many people in our society, that's a true statement. Peace is out. The peace of God is not abiding. It's not resting. It's not ruling in their life. And unfortunately, even for many Christ followers, the peace of God is out. It's not controlling their life. Their heart and their life is in turmoil. And what I want to do for the next few moments at the beginning of this message is I want us to look at four peace busters. Four reasons peace out is taking place in so many believers' life. The first peace buster is unexpected news. Isn't it amazing how unexpected bad news can rob us of our peace. You can be cruising along and everything is peaceful like calm waters and then you get the telephone call, the registered letter or an email or a knock at the door or a bad medical report or the doctor says you have six months to live and all of a sudden the calm waters turn into a tidal wave and you feel like you're going to drown. You no longer are maintaining the peace of God. And the real question is, how do you hang on to peace when you've just been broadsided with unexpected bad news? A second peace buster is relational breakdown. And isn't it true that relational breakdowns can steal our peace? And there's relational breakdowns all over. They're at work, in the neighborhood marriage and family situations, and how do you and I hang on to our peace when we may be at war with those around us? It can be a peace buster. There is a third peace buster that I want us to quickly look at today, and that is financial pressure. Financial pressure and 
There are many, many people who got on the right track financially. They began making wise financial choices. They controlled spending. They honored God by by returning 10% of their earnings to the Lord. They managed their money God's way and lived with peace in the financial arena. And then all of a sudden, something happened and maybe it was a loss of employment. Maybe there was a medical emergency. Maybe it was just downright uh, getting out of control, spending and, and spending uh, more than you make. Maybe it was, well, it, it was using credit cards and it was credit card abuse. And all of a sudden, you find yourself on the wrong track. And maybe you're there today, and no longer do you have peace. You're actually a nervous wreck trying to figure out a scheme to keep the bill collectors off your back. You have anxiety. You're worried. You're stressed out because every month the unpaid bills are just stacking up. And you feel like you're literally going to sink financially. And how do you experience peace when you're sinking little by little every month financially? The, the, the fourth peace buster that I want us to quickly look at today is moral compromise. Moral compromise. And some of you today, you don't have any peace in your life because there's a wave of restlessness, of remorse, of guilt. There's a wave of shame that has flooded your soul because you're crossing moral boundaries. And today you're in this place and, and, and some of you, you keep swan diving into the pit of sin and you find yourself filled with shame and you feel dirty and you're full of guilt and you're full of condemnation and you're sitting here today and you say, how in the world can I have peace in my life when I've crossed a moral boundary? And for many people, peace out is taking place. For the next few moments, I want to give you three steps to maintaining the peace of God. Three steps to maintaining the peace of God when there's unexpected bad news, when there's a relational breakdown, when there's financial pressure, when there's moral compromise. Three steps to maintaining the peace of God. Number one is this. You can follow along with me in your notes there and fill in the blanks. Point number one is call a timeout. Call a time out. The Apostle Paul puts it this way in 2 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse number 5. He says, we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought. Everybody say, every thought. Come on, say every thought. Notice what he says. We take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ church, hear me today. We have to learn how to take captive every thought. Or, or another way of looking at this is we have to call a timeout. You know, when you watch a, a basketball game, I thought this would be a, an, an appropriate illustration due to the season that we're in. It's the NBA finals going on right now. Go Lakers! Come on here! Some of you don't, you're not led of the Spirit, some of you, and the Lord be bless you anyways, and I feel like you're against me right now, and that's all right, I'll get over it and keep preaching. But um, you're watching a, a basketball game, and one team begins to score several baskets 
in a row. And you can actually, as you're watching on television, you can answer, actually sense the shift of momentum. I mean, the momentum is, is shifting. One team has scored several baskets in a row. And do you know what a coach does when that takes place? The coach says, time out! <laughs> time out! And the coach calls a time out because the coach says, listen, I, I can't let this thing get away from us. I, I can't allow the momentum to carry on. Listen, I've got to call a time out before this game gets out of control. Time out! And friends, the same thing needs to take place in our spiritual lives. You were going along and peace was ruling and reigning in your heart, and all of a sudden a peace buster comes. You get the unexpected bad news. The horrible thing just blindsided you. And how many of you know it begins to threaten our peace? And you know what happens to, to many people? When they are broadsided, the unexpected happens, the horrible event happens, their mind begins to be flooded with terrible thoughts. How many of you know we can begin to be worst-case scenario people? And you begin to think thoughts like, this is going to be devastating. This is going to be horrific. I can't believe this is going on in my marriage and my family. I, this, this is terrible what's happening in, 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 in my finance. This is horrible. And you, you begin to think worst case scenario thoughts. And you know what the Apostle Paul says to you and I? He says, stop. Call a time out. Take those hysterical thoughts captive. Listen to me, friend. You can. You can take hysterical thoughts captive. And some of you in this place today, you don't have the peace of God in your life. The peace of God is not ruling and reigning in your life because your thought life is out of control. Your thought life is always dwelling on the negative. And you've got to call a time out and take those, those hysterical thoughts captive. The unexpected happened. The horrible thing happened. Your mind is starting to run, around, run wild. Time out! And take the thoughts captive. And that leads me to my second point today, the second step to maintaining the peace of God. Number two is this. Focus on the truth of God's Word. Focus on the truth of God's Word. After you call a time out and you take those hysterical thoughts captive, the next step is you have to focus your mind on the truth of God's Word. Let's go back to the basketball analogy. The game is getting a little out of control because momentum has shifted. One team has scored several baskets in a row. The coach calls the time out so that the game doesn't get too far out of control. And you know what a good coach does? He calls his team over to a huddle. He says, guys, gals, listen to me. This thing is not over. And he begins to hammer them with positive truth. Listen, we can still win. We can still come back. He said, hey, bring some Gatorade over. Get you some Gatorade. Cool off. Throw some towels around them. And he begins to hammer them with positive truth. Listen, stop the negative thinking. Quit thinking. Look, some of you, your faces are negative. You're acting like well, this is over and we just need to go into the locker room and quit and give up. Listen, we can make a comeback. We can turn this around. We can still win. And he hammers home. She hammers home the positive. And the same thing needs to take place in our spirit 
spiritual life. Listen, we were walking with peace and the unexpected happened. The horrible event happened. Most of us, our minds begin to think hysterical thoughts. We call a time out. We've got to take those thoughts captive and we must immediately begin to focus on the truth of God's Word. The Scripture says, says this, what I want to do for the next few moments is I want to bombard you with the truth of God's Word. I want to saturate your mind for the next few moments with the truth of God's Word. You take the thoughts captive and you focus on the truth of God's Word. Let, let me just share Scripture with you for the next few moments. Isaiah chapter 26 and verse number 3 says, You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. I, I love what this says. Listen, all hell can be breaking loose. Listen, nothing can be going right in your life. Everything seems to be going wrong. And the scripture says, listen, God will keep you in perfect peace. How? If your mind is stayed on the Lord. If you'll focus on the truth of God and God's word, everything can be going right and you still have the peace of God. You've got to focus on the truth of God's Word. John chapter 16 and verse number 33 says, I have told you these things, Jesus said, so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. And, and I love what Jesus does here. He simply says, you can have trouble and peace at the same time. Oh, that's good news. <laughs> Jesus said, listen, just because you're a Christian doesn't exempt you from trouble. In this world, you will have a trouble. But the good news is I've told you all this so that you can have peace in the middle of the storm, in the middle of the turmoil, in the middle of the chaos. Take the thoughts captive. Focus on the truth of my word. You can have trouble in the middle of the storm. You can have peace in the middle of the storm. That's good news, church. There's good news, church. You can have peace in the middle of the storm. Numbers chapter 16, excuse me, in Numbers chapter 6 and verse number 24. And I'm talking to somebody right now in this place. Your life seems to be falling apart. Everything is chaotic. You don't know up from down. Nobody likes you. Your husband, your wife don't like you. Your co-workers don't like you. Your kids don't like you. Your dog won't even come over and lick you no more. And the scripture says to you in Numbers chapter 6 and verse number 24, the Lord bless you, sir. The Lord bless you, ma'am, and keep you in the middle of your trial, your storm, your turmoil. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. Focus on the truth of God's Word. Take those thoughts captive. Second Thessalonians chapter 3 and verse 16. I, I love this verse. The Scripture says, Now may the Lord of peace Himself give you peace at all times. Isn't that good? You can have peace at all times. The good times, the bad times, the up times, the down times. May the God of peace give you peace at all times and in every way. God knows how to do it. He knows how to give you peace at all times in every way. He knows how to give you peace. The Lord be with all of you. Colossians chapter 3 and, and verse number 15 says, Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace. Don't miss this. You were called to peace. If you're a follower of Christ, doesn't matter what goes on in our world, doesn't matter how many wars break out, 
doesn't matter what the television says about the economy. Listen, you were called to peace. Your life should be dominated by peace. And he says, be thankful. Let the peace of Christ rule. Everybody say rule. Rule in your hearts, Paul says. That word rule, when you, when you study that word out, it simply goes back to, to the meaning of, of an umpire. Rule, an umpire. It's like when you see a, a baseball game. And the person who has the last word is always the umpire. Umpire says, you're out, you're out. You can go argue, spit in his face, kick dirt on him, kick you out of the game because I, I have the last word. I'm the umpire and my rule reigns and wins out. And Paul says, listen, let the peace of God rule your heart. Don't let anything else, let the peace of God have the last word in your heart. Listen, don't let fear rule your heart. Don't let anxiety rule your heart. Don't let worry rule your heart. Listen, let the peace of God be the umpire. Let it have the last word no matter what's going on. I'm going to let the peace of God rule, have the last word, have the final word in my heart. Paul goes on to say in Romans chapter 14 and verse number 17, the last scripture I'll share with you. I could go on and on about focusing on the truth of God's word regarding the issue of peace. Romans 14 verse 17 says, For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, though a lot of Christians and preachers think that's what, that's what the kingdom of God is all about. That joke hadn't worked in any service yet. Amen. But I'm still using it. You don't have to laugh if you, if you don't want to. Amen. You'll catch it later, hopefully. The kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and, and drinking. But what is the kingdom of God about? But of righteousness, peace, and joy. Notice this, in the Holy Spirit. You can have peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. You see, peace is a fruit of the Spirit. And when you're a believer, the Spirit of God is living inside of you. And the Holy Spirit produces peace in your heart and in your life. Listen, the kingdom of God is about righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of God brings peace to the believer's life. Point number three, there's a third step to maintaining the peace of God. Call a time out. Focus on the truth of God's Word. Number three, take action. Take action. Sometimes, friends, there are action steps that you have to take to have true peace rule and reign in your heart. Let, let, let me give you an example. If your peace has been sabotaged by relational breakdown, maybe somebody at work has deceived you. Maybe somebody at home has pulled the trust rug out from underneath you. Maybe a neighbor has betrayed you. Maybe you have wronged somebody. There's been a relational breakdown, and you need to take an action step. You need to do something. For some of you to have peace back in your life, you need to pick up the phone today and call a family member. You need to drop over the neighbor's house and knock on the door. You need to sit down with your family and have a conversation. You need to go over to your co-worker's cubicle, desk, or office and say, listen, listen, can we reconcile this? Can, can we sit down and resolve this 
problem. I don't want this problem to continue to be between me and you. Let's sit down. Let's talk and, 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 and settle this issue today. You see, the Scripture says in Romans chapter 12 and verse number 18, if it is possible, as far as it depends on your neighbor, that's not what it says. That's oftentimes how we live because we live in a society we like to play the blame game. Well, you're the one that hurt me. You need to come to me. Well, I know you think that I wronged you, but what you think I didn't really do, so that's your problem. And we like to pass the buck. But Paul says, listen, when it comes to the issue of peace, if it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. That's what we need to do. Not pass the buck, but live at peace with everyone. And now the scripture doesn't say that we will have peace with everyone, but we need to take responsibility, take the action step, and try and go reconcile, try and go talk to, try and have a conversation. And, and maybe they reject us, and maybe, and maybe they won't reconcile, but at least we did our part. As far as it depends on you, you live at peace with everyone. And some of you are jeopardizing peace because you're stubborn, you're honorary, you're hard-headed, and you won't take the action step to go sit down and have a conversation to say, let's reconcile and fix this. Some of you, if you, 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 your peace is being sabotaged by financial pressures like we talked about a little earlier. And what you, what you may need to do is take an action step. You know, sometimes the only way that you're going to have true financial peace is to maybe humble yourself, <laughs> to really humble yourself. And go back home and come up with a new budget. For some of you to have the peace of God, you may need to go home and cut up the credit cards. I know I just said a cuss word to somebody today. I apologize. For some of you to have, to have real, true peace in your finances, you may have to make a bold and courageous step. You may have to downsize the home. You may have to drive a different car. You may have to get out the lease. Some of you in this place today, you need to begin to honor God by returning the tithe to him so that you can invite the blessing of the Lord upon your finances. All I'm saying is, is there are times in your financial life for you to have peace in your finances. There are some practical steps that you need to take. The scripture says this in Romans chapter 15 and verse number 13. May the God of hope, listen, God can do this. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace. How? As you trust in him. And so many Christ followers don't want to trust in the Lord. They, they want to have areas of their life not surrendered to, to the Lord. And, and Paul says, listen, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him. And even in the financial arena, you need to begin to do things things God's way so that you can have God's peace in, in, in your financial life. Some of you in this place today, you're praying a lot. Oh, God, give me peace. Give me peace. But if you keep spending more than you're making, you're not going to have peace. You keep praying, God, give me peace. But if you keep acting like those credit cards are, are, are checking cards, you're going to be in trouble racking up those credit card bills. And every month you get those statements, your heart drops down to your toes and you don't have any peace. You see, friends, there are times for you to have the peace of God in your financial life. You've got to take some action steps and begin to trust in God and see some radical change in your life. 
For some of you in this place today, you're living without the peace of God because you're living a lifestyle that's contrary to, to, to God's Word. And maybe you know that feeling, I, I know I've been there before, where you've crossed a moral boundary and you feel shame and guilt. You may feel dirty and nasty and the peace of God is not ruling and reigning in your life because you're living a lifestyle that's contrary to God's Word. And the Scripture says in, in Proverbs chapter 28 and verse number 13, He who conceals his sin does not prosper. He who conceals, hides, and you can come to church and still conceal your sin. You can sing Christian songs and still conceal your sin. You can look good on the outside and have everybody fooled and still conceal your sin. You can be in a community group and serve in a ministry and still conceal your sin. And the Scripture says, He who conceals his sins does not prosper. Oftentimes, when we think about prosperity, we only think about outwardly. But friends, prosperity is also inwardly. And you can be prospering on the outside. You can look like things are going well on the outside and be wasting away on the inside. And friends, your soul will never prosper if you conceal your sin. Things may be looking good at the job. Things may be looking good uh, in your career, with your family. But on the inside, you don't have the peace of God because you, sir, you, ma'am, are crossing moral boundaries. And your soul will never prosper. But there's good news. There's good news. The Scripture says, He who conceals, hides his sin, does not prosper. But whoever confesses and renounces them finds mercy. We sang about that today. You find mercy. Listen today. If you're concealing, if you're hiding your sin, you're a follower of Christ. The Scripture says you need to confess. You need to get it right with the Lord. You want the peace of God to rule in your heart. He says not just confess, confess but renounce or, or repent or turn away from your sin. Some of you are jeopardizing the peace of God because you are crossing a moral boundary and your heart today is void of God's peace. For some of you in this place today, your action step is you need to become a follower of Christ. You don't have peace in your life and your heart because you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ. And the Scripture says in Romans chapter 5 and, and verse number 1, and, and this sounds so simplistic, but yet it's so profound. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, that word justified just as I've never seen, when we give our heart to Christ, He washes our sins away. We're forgiven. We're born again. We've become a child of God. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith in Christ, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Listen, you'll never find true peace. I'm talking about deep inner peace. There's a lot of counterfeit peace. There's a lot of manufactured peace. But you'll never have true soul peace apart from Christ. It's a precious commodity. Can I tell you, people all around our world, they're seeking and searching for peace. They try to find it in a the bottle. They try to find it by popping pills. They're searching for peace. They, they try to find it in drugs. 
They're searching for peace. They're, they're trying to find it in sexual immorality. They're, they're trying to find it in pursuing career and, and trying to make more money. You're, they're trying to fill the void of peace in their life. And you know the tragic thing is you can search and seek all your life from peace. And apart from Christ, you'll never find it. It's only through Jesus Christ that you find true, lasting soul peace. My real heart and prayer for you is not peace out, but that peace will be in your heart and rule and reign in your life. Lord, thanks for your word today, and I praise you for what you're doing in this place. Lord, first of all, I pray for your people. I pray. For